I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, keep your improv at the door. It's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Get it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Get it, girl. Get it, nothing, get it, girl. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> Girl, I wish mm. every time you say lounging, yeah, I always think about how bad my posture is when I'm sitting at this microphone. Like, I am not lounging, I am hunching. <laughs> Hunch? well, lounging in as much as she's just kind of sprawled on a chaise of some sort. Oh, see, that that's the dream right there. That's what I'm getting, girl. I'm, I'm, I'm saving up for a chaise lounge, stretched out. Stretched out like your boy Jabba, just like mm, yeah. unfurling yeah. over that chaise. Friends, this is episode 270 of the Geek Down podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other episodes, go wherever you get your audio content Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. Helps push us up the algo, helps people find the show. We always appreciate it. Henceforth, you will never have to worry about missing an episode. We understand. You're busy. You've been driving all through the night on the Karen convoy, making your way to Ottawa. Oof. <laughs> I saw somebody on TikTok call it the flu, flu trucks clan, and I died, Caitlin. I fucking oh. died. Oh, that. I'm writing that down, folks. <laughs> I'm making That's a note. Good. I'm putting a star next to it. Uh, friends, if you're not Canadian, there's a bunch of uh, white supremacist truckers who are massing on our nation's capital this weekend under the guise of opposition to vaccine mandates. And a lot of the white moms out there will tell you that's really what it's about. But a lot of the money and who's controlling the money tells you otherwise. All I'm saying. Anyway, you got to keep up on all this business of the day, all this news, all these deep state reveals. You don't have time to be looking for a podcast. Thank God we have someone who will bring it to you. And that's your man's. Chauncey Vrastalik is the third geek down internet elf. Virulently anti-racist, has no times for your shenanigans. No. Chauncey will just flip you that podcast, suck his teeth, and fly away. Yes, which is what I wish I could do <laughs> all the time to people. Chauncey is professional to a point. Don't push your luck. And maybe do better in your life. Always do better. How about that? How about you just do better? We, as we are all trying to do. To that end, got to throw this out first. Going to try and do a little better. Friends, I have to issue in a correction. I have a correction, Ooh. an amendment to make. I need to correct myself. Friends, I spent a lot of time talking about a wonderful uh, album released by Japanese singer Utada Hakaru. Unfortunately, I am a fan of Utada Hakaru, but not a very attentive fan. Just kind of focus on the music, not really um, any social media or articles uh, about the artist. So it was not clear to me that last summer they had come out as non-binary and stated a preference for they, them pronouns. I did not know that at the time when we discussed the album. 
that's my L. I got to take that. Never my intent to deliberately uh, use pronouns other than the ones stated by an individual. Ignorance on my part. I will take that L. And that's my attempt to do better. My apologies. I regret the error and uh, will not make it again going forward. Or try your best not to. I mean, occasionally it happens. It's a 20-year switch to make. So, I mean, yeah, there's some, there may be some, you know, patterns there that are a little ingrained that I will have to try to shake off when speaking about them. But I will, you know, like I said, hashtag do better. Friends, how are you trying to do better in your lives? We're a month into this godforsaken year. They say Omicron's waning. How you feeling? You want to, how are you trying to do better in what might be, might be, might be a better year? Maybe. Hit us up on Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. That's where the show lives on the social media. We'd be curious to hear it. Absolutely. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so Caitlin can not take improv classes because she's apparently very anti-improv. No, no. I'm not, but I'm going to let you finish before I go into it. <laughs> Three bucks in the old tip jar, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. We always appreciate that. Eventually, we're going to get to a point, I hope, where one of us will be commuting again to the other's location to, record this, to record this episode in person. Not that the GOAT train is expensive, but I mean, it's not inexpensive. So, you know, any... It's not, it's not inexpensive, especially if you're doing it once a week. And also... I am now officially fully like boosted and it has the two weeks to oh, you know shit. give me my superpowers. Yeah. So she's I here. feel much, much better. She's here, y'all. Fun fact, and I did, we can go back to your improv class thing in a minute, but I did want to <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say, uh, friends, it's gonna be a little freewheeling because we have scoured the internet and there is no news that we care to talk about. You know how that be sometimes. We got enough I I got enough updates and I'm sure the back half will be delightful, but as far as, like, news of the world, it ain't really popping off. Unless Caitlin wants to hear me talk about the Royal Rumble for 25 minutes. And I don't think anybody wants that. But <laughs> regarding life in COVID times, I was listening to a podcast uh, from the New York Times. Their little daily podcast that they do every morning. Basically about a opinion poll that the New York Times commissioned about the pandemic and attitudes toward the pandemic. Surprise to no one, the attitudes about the pandemic fall along very partisan lines in the states where you have Republicans and conservatives who greatly underestimate the effect of the virus. On the other hand, as we kind of suspected, we have liberals and Democrats who still kind of overestimate the severity of the illness. And what this reporter was saying is they found it curious that even in the age of Omicron, where it's quote-unquote milder, um, where the unvaccinated are so much more cavalier, and those are the people it can do, even Omicron can do severe damage to. If we're talking about, you know, mortality percentage, hospitalization percentage, unvaccinated, it's all up for grabs. But the data is out there now to say that for vaccine and boosted individuals who, as previously established, kind of lean more liberal and democratic, they are still strapping the N95 to their faces all the time, keeping the six feet, et cetera, et cetera. And they brought up an interesting 
they said an interesting thing, which kind of shook me a bit. And I'm trying to internalize now going forward for myself. Not to say I'm going to be like, woo, live, <laughs> live your best life. No, because there are still, you know, there are still risks, especially when you're dealing with, you know, my elderly parents or immunocompromised people, etc. But if everything, you're taking everything equal with a bunch of vaxxed, boosted people, if you're going to trust in the science to get the vaccine, you have to trust in the science that the vaccines are going to do their job. And that seems to be the gap that they noticed in this poll for, you know, the more liberal Democrat vaccinated side of the scale, where even though they are vaccine boosted, they're still generally terrified. <laughs> Whereas well, the non-vaxxed or boosted who stand to suffer the most are still like, fuck it, YOLO. And okay, just, just how bizarre they found all that still. like. Did they, okay, so because I didn't listen to this, did they talk about the fact that one of the things that make Democrats and Republicans different is that uh, they found that Democrats are much more i'm maybe not empathetic is the right word but they're much more collective collective collectivist yes much more caring about like the community at large not just their individual rights and freedoms and and fortunes and all of that Did i don't they talk I don't, about that part of it i don't recall them talking about it specifically but i think that they may have taken that as co- sort of a given especially with but I think that explains the, the Republican it. stance being much more about personal freedom, et cetera, et cetera. I know, but I think that explains all of it. I don't want to go out and about, even though I'm vaxxed and boosted, because I work with people, I know people, and I don't know if everyone I come into contact is vaxxed and boosted. And I would feel awful if I gave them COVID. That's ultimately the pisser. It's like, like I said before, like all things being equal, if I'm somewhere, if I'm in an environment where like I can theoretically rely on the fact that everybody's vaxxed and boosted, like an event or, you know, there was a brief, you know, three weeks when concerts were happening again. By March, I think there still will be. There was a Korean band coming here playing the horseshoe that I was like low key waiting to see what would happen before I bought tickets. Ended up getting canceled. I didn't buy tickets. But like learning to relax it a bit in those environments. I'm so, am I going to wear a mask on the bus literally for the rest of my life? Yeah, probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> really, really liked not getting the flu like twice a year. <laughs> this last couple of years. Like if nothing else. Yeah. That's the, oh, that's the thing we marvel about back in the day. Like, just like examine the fact that for a lot of folks, you just ain't had a cold in yeah. two years. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm still like, if I'm outside and for years they've been saying like the risk outside is generally much less than inside. I don't, I haven't taken my mask off when I'm outside. Very rarely do I, if I'm just like, if I'm walking, eh -eh. (laughs) It's, it's always on. And I'm trying to find a path for my own levels of anxiety to ease that a bit. Um, like, all my masks are upgraded. I don't fuck with the cloth mask anymore. But, you know, I know some folks who, who do still kind of use the cloth mask or the double one medical, one cloth type of thing. And, you know, they generally seem more relaxed moving through life than I do. So I'm trying to find 
I'm trying to find a middle right. ground there. And that's how, or, you know, the alternative is to, as previously said, uh, you know, toot toot all aboard. <laughs> you know, someone cute got caught in the convoy. Caught, oh. Caught in the convoy. It sounds like a, <laughs> sounds like a Harlequin novel. Uh, our favorite thing to do, by the way, at Major Canadian Retailer is to take the Harlequin novels and me and the most consistent man at work try to uh, figure out which ones sound like 1980s wrestling pay-per-views. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good time. Yukon right City now. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Funk is oh. gonna, Terry Funk fights Fritz, Fritz Von Erich this Saturday at the Sportatorium. <laughs> Sportatorium. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a real place, y'all. Um, oh my God! Yes, it is a is an infamous '80s uh, wrestling venue. Um, yeah, but someone cute was leaving work on the day it was moving through Toronto, and she basically got yeah caught in it. And I was on the phone with her, and again, she didn't get a photo of it. I don't have photographic evidence, or I would have posted it, but she saw someone draping a sign over an overpass. You know, that's what you do. You go out in the fucking negative thirty degree weather that we've had all week, stand on an overpass. Yep. You know, to show your support yep. with a sign that said, thank you. Don't ever get it uh, twisted. You got me fucked up. Because I got people. Uh, I got moots on the timeline who are like starting to lean fuck Trudeau. Then you can feel whatever. There are many reasons to dislike how Justin Trudeau has conducted himself as prime minister in the last like five, six years. This ain't one of them. Why don't you be mad about oh, uh, clean yeah. water going to indigenous communities? Be mad about that. Nope. Also, 90% of truckers got vaccinated. Yeah. That is facts, y'all. Thank you. Like, don't ever get it twisted that there's not a strain of Canada out there who are, who watched what was happening down south this time last year. Making the old finger gun on the chin emoji. Like, hmm. <laughs> File that away for later. Uh, Kate, why do you hate improv classes? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, just to shake it up and switch it up here. <laughs> um, no, I do not hate improv classes. I've taken improv classes. I enjoyed my improv Wh classes. What? Yeah. When was I, this? I am a theater kid. You know this I about do, me. What? It's been a long um, time since it came up on the show. So people, there are many listeners who probably do not know about your past interning and working in the theater world. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm deep down. I'm a theater kid, um, but I'm a theater kid in that. Like I really loved acting and performing and singing uh, never, uh, a, a great dancer. Um, I, I wasn't a triple threat. Um, but I didn't like hanging out with other theater kids. <laughs> um, like I loved musicals and I loved going to see performances. Um, but yeah, just other theater kids. There's that, that SNL skit about the, the kids, the high school, the high theater, school kids. theater kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully we were pretty tame at my high school, but definitely I've been around uh, kids like that. If you went to ESA, which was a Tobacco school of the arts, um, that is, that is, that is that, that is that SNL skit <laughs> encapsulated in a high school. Caitlin. Uh, yeah. There's nothing more annoying 
than a 20-something out-of-work actress. We know this. I'm fading facts, 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 facts. Yes, we do. So what I what I I like improv. I don't like when you meet someone who does a lot of improv and that's that is their identity and it it becomes everything they talk about has to do with improv. Um and cuz they can't identify outside of for for improvers, they have a hard time identifying outside of their their box of improv. Um, the same with theater kids. I knew a lot of theater kids when I was in high school and occasionally it could get a little draining. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I don't like. Uh, this actually weirdly, um, flows into something else I don't like, which is... She's on fire today, y'all. It's just a litany of... (laughs) annoyances i went from i went from depression to anger i'm moving through the (laughs) stages of grief okay um i don't like critical role i and i think i might need to go turn the mic off and hunker down for this one so i can dodge the shoes that are about to be flying (laughs) in our direction (laughs) but go ahead i'm here for this go ahead okay so I understand why people like Critical Role. I understand. I our old housemates, they would watch Critical Role. I think they watched a couple different. Hold, hold on, not um, not to interject. You got to establish for the people. I, I'm telling. I'm about to tell them. Okay. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, they watched some other podcasts where people play D and D, which is what Critical Role is. So basically, it's this group of people who are voice actors who film themselves. I guess it's not a, it's, there's podcast versions and there's also, so it's just people talking about it, but there's also uh, YouTube versions of people who play D and D live, I guess you could say, or um, taping it um, for an audience. Um, To me, this has been, how do I put this? I'm almost doing it dramatically, but it's basically, I, I, this is my hell. Um, to me, D and D is all about the experience. I understand that there, especially when people can't go to each other's houses, um, not everyone can get connected online. So a lot of people aren't able to play D and D. And I think that's one of the many reasons critical role. I mean, I know it was popular before this, but definitely during the pandemic has, you know, I think they have way more uh, viewers now than they did. Um, and so to me, this is like, it's it's not what D&D should be for me personally. Again, I understand people who like Critical Role. I just don't. And I feel like anytime this comes up in conversation with other people, they're sort of like suspicious of my dislike. But I just... I, I don't, I, it, it, know it the whole time it makes me cringe. I don't want to see other people play D and D. Um, I, is this, I don't like it. Is this because it becomes, like you said, it's about supposed to be about the experience and you putting yourself in the experience while you're playing. But once you film it and, you know, make it a thing that is it the fact that a performative aspect comes into it that works you partially, partially, but I mean, it's like what it's like is watching people do improv. <laughs> That's what it's like. 
I don't like watching people do improv um, because there are varying degrees of uh, proficiency. Um, and I just, I, I, it makes me cringe the entire time. Um, so the other part of it, and I've been talking to senior correspondent Chris about this a lot, is the current trend. I mean, it's been, again, been going on for a while, um, but specifically in sort of tandem with Critical Role, um, the monetization of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and that to me is a problem as well, because it makes another layer of gatekeeping on something that's supposed to be about people coming together and having a good time. Um, yeah. Okay. Throw shoes at me, send terrible comments, say I'm wrong. Um, but I just feel like making things easier to enter into is important in this day and age, not harder. And I feel like, again, um, they're, they're making D&D into something that I don't necessarily think it is. They've also, obviously, this is why it's coming up, because they've changed or they've, they've taken Critical Role, the 400 hours plus of gameplay, and turned it into a animated TV show. This is not without precedent. Old heads remember way back in the day we talked about Record of Lotus War, which was yes, essentially... Yes a D and D campaign that became its own, uh, its own fantasy franchise. Yes. Um, so it's called the legend of Vox Machina. And, uh, a couple of people have been like, Oh, have you seen it yet? Like thinking, because <laughs> I love D and D. I'm going to go watch this show. Well, they didn't, they didn't on, know. They didn't know they didn't want it. No, on several layers. Um, a, I don't like critical role. I also don't like Matt Mercer. I know it's a thing. You can throw things at me. It's fine. And I don't like this sort of, this is what D&D should be. You should have this expensive D&D mat and these expensive miniatures and like expensive cards and, you know, 17 pairs of dice and all that. Do I have some of these things? Absolutely. I'm older. <laughs> I can buy them, right? But I don't want younger players or people who want to get into it to think they need all of these things. They need their game to be like X right. to, to have a good D and D game. Um, I, that's, this is what I mean. It's besides the point, right? D and D is about learning. It's about, you know, using your imagination. I'm, I remember the definitely the first role-playing games I played when I was a teenager we didn't have, uh, it wasn't D&D &D, actually, it was a bunch of stuff from like Werewolf and uh, Vampire and Changeling and stuff, White Wolf, these White Wolf games, which you'd literally just use your imagination. You have like your character, printed out character sheet and your imagination, that was it. Um, and my first, I think, D&D &D game was like that as well. Um, so yeah, I just get concerned about the way in which D&D is being monetized. I know that we've seen a couple articles about like a uh, dungeon master that he gets paid like, I don't know, 40 bucks an hour to D&D &D, to, to DM games. And I remember senior correspondents, parents being like, you could do that. He's like, I will never do that. 
he's like, I think that's wrong. <laughs> like it's, it's wrong. Um, so yeah, so that's my sort of, my sort of rant is just that, I mean, if it helps people get into it and I'm sure there are people out there who are going to love it. I'm not saying it's bad to like it. I just, it, it is of concern to me and please stop asking me if I've seen the legend of Vox Machina. I most likely will not. There is a, uh, there is a short interlude on DJ shadows, 1996 album introducing titled why hip hop sucks in 96. And it's just like a four bar loop for like 45 seconds. And then a sample of a guy going, it's the money. I feel like we could yes. retitle that for Caitlin McKinnon, why Dungeons and Dragons sucks in 2022. Yeah. And, and, you know, Penny Arcade many, many, many years ago when they were coming out with the new um, version of Dungeons and Dragons, and I'll call it, they called 5e colloquially. Um, they basically, it would, they were, they were joking about the, you know, uh, Wizards of the Coast who make Dungeons and Dragons saying like trying to trying to survey people on like what is D and D to you and to every single group it's something completely different right and that's the way it should be and I feel like Critical Role and perhaps even Legend of Box Machina it will it will try and mold things a certain way. Or it will mold things a certain way, and I think that is losing some of the. It's enforcing magic. a That's specific me. narrative onto what is ostensibly supposed to be something you create from the ground up with a bunch of tools. Yeah. And again, you know, I know people you know are going to argue. You know what this. it is, Kate? What? It's Legos. It's Lego with their sets. It's it's Legos where you got to go build the spider layer now, and that's all it will be. You have the exact pieces to make that Lego thing. Instead yeah. of back in the day where you just got a pile of Legos and it's like, try to make a tree out of this, eight-year-old. Also, I will fight you. It's Lego, not with an S. <laughs> yes, I'll Seth Meyers, I'm aware it's Lego bricks. Fuck it, it's Legos. Everybody on Earth calls it Legos. We can fight later. It's Lego. Everyone calls it Lego. Oh, no. Anyway. Seth, Seth Meyers called it when one of the first things on Seth Meyers uh, YouTube correction show was people jumping up in the comments to yell at him that they are Lego bricks, not Lego or Legos. Lego bricks. Oh, my God. OK, I just it's just been Lego forever for me from when I was a kid. Lego. Anyway, like, oh, I'm going to be it, it, I'm going to be out there being a fun. dick when I'm the guy who will like break out in hives the second somebody says vinyls. So. <laughs> About fourteen vinyls. It's like, are you are you three years old? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we we do, we do our best not to gate you, but sometimes, <laughs> um, no. Again, I know people are going to disagree with me. I welcome it. Yell at Twitter. Jordan will get it first, but he'll send it to me. Um, <laughs> Fuck my day up before I have to <laughs> pass it on to Caitlin. <laughs> Um, but this is just, I have feelings about this because again, a lot of people will say, Oh, have you seen this thing yet? I know they're just being friendly and making conversation. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. And I won't. Um, so yeah, there we are. Well, that's, that's, this is what happens when we don't have news. I rant. Listen, it's been a while since we had a good Caitlin rant. Norm normally I'm the one out here yelling at clouds. So it's nice for, it's nice for you to <laughs> post up to the window for once. Um, let's move on to updates or what passed for updates or what have you. There's one thing I'm sure we got to talk about from the jump. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. I know 
nothing works quickly in the Star Wars universe. So this was obviously planned out forever ago, but I was just minding my own business. I had already washed my hands of the book of Boba Fett. I said, you know what? I gave it three. I'm cool. Pull the old rip cord, <laughs> bounce my ass out of here. My homie at work or Caitlin will tell me if there's anything important I need to know about, which is basically what happened when <laughs> the most consistent man at work came up to me and said, so this week on Boba Fett and I rolled my eyes and he went, it's an episode of the Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah. And I went full on. Huh? It's like, oh yeah. Boba Fett's not even in it. I know this was probably set from jump. It's hard not to see it as anything other than a course correct. Like contextually, even though I know that's not what happened, but it's like you could just feel the wind from the book of Boba Fett limping along. So I'm like, it's like, oh, let's spend time with your friends. But I mean, I talked about it last week. I mean, we knew the Mandalorian was showing up this week. Apparently, yes, because if you watch last week's episode, you got a musical cue uh, at the very end. Yes, so we knew we knew the Mandalorian. Like, we, everyone, I was like, oh, great, the Mandalorian's going to be in next episode. And episode four was was quite good. Like, I, I think I mentioned that as well. Much better than episode three. Um, and much better than episode two. <laughs> um, and even better than episode two. Um, but yes, this was this was not an episode of Book of Boba Fett. This was season three. Yeah, this, this was... <laughs> or, or season two point, like... This is S3. Whatever. This is, if you jump in, if you jump in to season... If you're like, man, man I don't need to watch Boba Fett. And you think you're going to come back season three of Mandalorian, you will have missed important things. Yeah. Like numerous important very, things. very, very sneaky and smart. Yeah. Um, no, so this is season uh, season three, episode 0. 0.5. <laughs> yes, episode zero. That's what this is. Episode zero of season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is zero Boba Fett. I thought at some point they might, like, switch back or halfway through the episode, it'll... It'll go back and no, 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 nope. it is fully, fully an episode of the Mandalorian. He gets, he yeah, gets which, kicked out of Mandalorian society. He's got the dark saber. He's collecting bounties. He's getting a Naboo starfighter. Like I, I know we've talked about this before, Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, there are layers to enjoyability depending on how much <laughs> yes. of a nerd you are yes um there is very little that delights me more in this world than ha seeing senior correspondent chris have a fucking meltdown <laughs> over like literally was like the shape of the of the ship before she takes the thing oh, off and he was that. like oh my god <laughs> Uh, yeah, before she takes the, the, the sheet off the ship to show him what it is. Oh, yeah, He's baby. like having a meltdown. We're going to rehab the prequels. We're going to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think I, I saw some, I don't know if it was an, uh, you know, the byline of an article or, or a tweet or something. All I remember is someone saying, um, these shows are making me feel weird about the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to rehab them. You hated everything, but man, that ship was cool though. <laughs> That ship was real cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. And I, it made me so sad. And they made him a tiny chainmail shirt. 
Is that what they? I must have glanced away. I didn't see what they ended up making them. Uh, you don't see it. You just see she makes rings for oh. chainmail. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a tiny chainmail shirt. So yeah, in, um, in, in season in season two, he if you hadn't seen if you haven't seen it because you bounced out on on uh, Boba Fett, he's got that spear that Ahsoka gave him at the end of her episode, and Caitlin's favorite, the armor, is like. We don't use this for weapons. It should only be armor. And he's like, we'll make it for armor then. And she's like, I need it for someone small, for a foundling, a specific foundling. And it's like, oh my God, he's making Grogu little. Fuck it. Fuck it. Baby Yoda's for life. He's making Baby Yoda a little, <laughs> little piece of armor. He's going to go take it to him. And and even that, I mean, like, but what are we going to do for next week, Kate? Because then at the end, it's like, okay, so Fennec Shan shows up and that's your tie in back in. Okay, so he's been on Tatooine. They need muscle. As teased on episode four, apparently. Ain't seen it, but, you know. She was going to go look for muscle, finds him. He's still kind of like, yeah, Boba Fett's cool. I'll do this one on the house. Um, but he's like, but I got to go. T- I got to go take care of something first. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be episode 0.75 of the Mandalorian next week. <laughs> got to throw some baby Yoda, know. get you a baby Yoda cameo in there to like, or maybe he's teen Yoda now. <laughs> we don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> You knew they were going to find a way. You knew you knew if they got bored, they were going to find a way to get you back, get you back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Boba Fett and his a boy in his rancor isn't really capturing, <laughs> capturing the collective spirit right now. So get some Mando back in there. And as always, play the over under. Did Pedro Pascal leave his house to perform in this episode, or did he just record dialogue into his phone? We don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> Unless they do it behind the scenes again, which I hope they do. Because I really enjoy those. This is Pedro Pascal on a gold throne in a robe <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with an iPhone 13 next to him. Just being like, this is very key to my performance. This is what I record my lines in. And then they put a filter over it yeah, and lay it over the footage. No, they don't need to. It's, he's, he's through the microphone. He's good. <laughs> that, that's enough? It's like literally just through the phone mic? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, so that's what's going on there. Kate, okay, what else are you getting into? Um, I watched a couple episodes of Hit Monkey. Hit Monkey? Yeah. Keska Hit Monkey. So, this is, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> so, I have a very interesting relationship with my, my, my only cousin on my mom's side. Um, and we are, we like the same things. Um, we're both weirdos. Uh, she's quite a bit younger than I am, but she is the one who texted me. I actually haven't texted her back. I should really do that. Uh, texted me saying, oh my God, have you seen Hitmonkey yet? Um, and I was like, no, I, I haven't. So I look it up and it's a, a cartoon. It's by Marvel. It's apparently based off of a comic book. Okay. Um, and it's about a... Monkey mm-hmm. in Japan who becomes a hitman, basically. And is, is, I have is, to this from, this is this from Next Wave? Like, what? <laughs> this really sounds like something like a Warren Ellis tossed off idea from a comic nobody paid attention okay. to. So it it came out apparently. Uh, let's see. It first appeared in April 2010. So it's been around for a while. Um, it was a digital comic on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. 
Uh, it was uh, apparently a one-shot, something to do with that. Apparently something to do with Deadpool. I'm just reading really quickly the okay. Wikipedia. It was a Deadpool. Um, um, so, but he had his own comic. It, like, he first appeared in Hitmonkey number one. Um, Created by so, Daniel Way. That's interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> it takes place in Japan. Um, there is a character played by Jason Sudeikis, and basically, it's Archer. With a monkey. With a monkey. But now, Archer, the Archer character, uh, well, I'm not going to go into it, because I, I think I'm going to give it to you to watch. All right. Um, I am pleased, so pleased by this. I don't understand why nobody is talking about it. Maybe they did talk about it and I just, I don't know, it was November and I started to want to just eat and hibernate and I just like wasn't looking at news. I, I don't know, but I mean, it's not revolutionary, but it's that perfect mix for me of terribly gruesome and super weird um, that I like. And so, so here's the plot. I'm just going to read the plot. Hitmonkey is a wronged Japanese macaw who is mentored by the ghost of an American assassin named Bryce Fowler as he damages Tokyo's crime underworld. Uh-huh. Th that is the story. <laughs> and it's amazing so far. Um, we are, I think, two episodes in. Uh, and, yeah, that is what... I'm I'm just delighted and pleased, and it's again, it's one of those things where I'm like, this has been made for me. Why did I not know about this? Um, so thank you, Marvel, for making this for me, uh, and I guess Hulu. Um, it's on uh, Disney Plus, I believe. Um, and yeah, good times. Uh, just what I needed to get me out of my seasonal depression. Also, I did I talk last week about watching cartoons a lot, like <laughs> rewatching. Like as a practice? No, I don't believe you did. So sometimes when I get depressed, I like to just watch things that make me feel better. Um, so I watched uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines, which we watched that on the show, didn't we? We did, and it was great. <laughs> it, it, it was, was great. Yes. Sorry, it was yes. Yeah, and it was great on a second rewatch as well. Um, and then I watched Lilo and Stitch, which is a super underrated cartoon uh, by Disney. Um, and yeah, that's basically, I'm just watching cartoons. That's my life right now. No worse ways to spend your time. There is. Um, the one thing that I am, I wanted to talk about, about uh, things that maybe are better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, Peacemaker. Okay, so let's jump in there. Are you? That was that was your last thing. Yeah, I haven't. I watched the first like five minutes. Okay. Um, only because I had to go come do this podcast. <laughs> well, I will jump around to other things. It was not going to be the first thing I talked about if Caitlin didn't bring it up. But it it just occurred to me, um, and I mentioned to uh the most consistent man at work. I was like, because it stars, you know. Your man. <laughs> and, and 
the most consistent man of work. And I also have a long history of appreciating uh, your man's previous uh, career. I just turned to him and I was like, I said, I said, is anybody watching Peacemaker? Like nobody's talking about it. And he literally like put his hands down on the counter and turned to me and was like, it has taken up whatever space there was for Boba Fett. Peacemaker has completely like absorbed. He's like, watch the first scene. He's like, I'm begging you just watch the first scene. I did not watch the first scene. I watched all episodes available. <laughs> and this is why I'm kind of like, you're, you know, you're, you're describing hit monkey to me. And I'm like, mm, you gotta be careful. You might want to wait a bit. Don't give me hit monkey next week. Give me hit monkey in like six months from now. Because Peacemaker okay. might be taking that hit, that hit monkey spot. Okay. Where it's like, so I did not know. I thought this was going to be like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Peacemaker is the spinoff from the Suicide Squad featuring uh, John Cena's character. Who is ostensibly one of the villains. He was the one who maybe worked a little. Wouldn't go off book. He, was, he adhered too closely to Amanda Waller's nefarious plans. Um. Mm-hmm. In the Suicide Squad movie, and I thought this was going to be like a like a Agents of Shield thing. I thought this was going to be James Gunn presents. I did not know James Gunn wrote every episode and directed like four of them. Yeah, no, I did not know that. But now that I'm seeing these scenes bubble up from the internet, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's so fucking funny. There is a scene. So you can find this clip on YouTube. The context is basically just like they framed, they inadvertently framed Peacemaker's dad for something. And that's a fraught thing. I'm not going to spoil too much of the ins and outs there. Peacemaker's dad is not a good person by any means. Um, but he still has, you know, conflicted feelings about his terrible father. So when he inadvertently gets uh, imprisoned by, because he's set up by the Steve Agee character, you can just tell James Gunn was like, just start naming names until you can't think of any anymore, and we'll just roll. <laughs> so it's John Cena for like a solid 90 seconds, suggesting, he's screaming at Steve Agee, who he could have framed instead of his father. <laughs> Brad Pitt or Payne Stewart or Doug the Pug, Khloe Kardashian, the Red Tiger from Voltron, Tinky Winky, Mariska Hargitay. And it's fucking hysterical like you can tell they only use like 15 seconds in the clip and then played the whole clip at the end of the episode of just joe montana joe montana (laughs) (laughs) so good and has that vibe you love of yeah explosive goriness and really funny there's a awful line in the first episode (laughs) like the things that come out of john cena's mouth are just like whoo It's like, you know what he reminds me of? The John Cena character is Johnny from Cobra Kai with, like, absolutely zero moral compass. (laughs) And, like, and no filter. Not that Johnny in, like, season one of Cobra Kai had much of a filter either. But, like, got a fucking bitching Camaro and loves hair metal. And, like, did you you see the opening credits? No. I haven't seen, like, literally it was, like, five seconds of like the replay and then i turned to see your correspondent chris i was like we can't watch this i have to go do the podcast <laughs> i can't tell jordan like i'm gonna be in an hour i'm sorry I'm, well, that's basically what i did for boba fett but i mean and what i did for yellow jackets of the week before um I'll, i'm not i'm not even gonna spoil that for you i'm just gonna say that's the moment okay. where i was like oh 
we are doing something not groundbreaking and it's not going to be like the best show of the year, but for this time of the year for shitty ass January to February, I'm here for this. Brighten my life, James Gunn and John Cena. Like I, I was going to say, do you remember when we heard about this and we were both like, eh, (laughs) yeah, we're like, Oh, that's a weird, that's a weird person to give a, (laughs) Uh, a show to I said that's uh, probably gonna suck. I said to my dude at work, I said, "Is John Cena a good actor?" And he said, "Either that or James Gunn is the wrestler whisperer." Like he just he just plucks <laughs> hey. them. He just plucks them when Might they're ready be. to tra- when they're ready to move into film and just puts them in the right spot and gives them the right thing to do and yeah. makes them makes them stars. Like I said, it's it's dumb funny. It knows what it is, and it knows that what it is is not here to, like, rule the prestige TV discourse. It's just here to be dumb and fun. And not um, hurtfully dumb and fun, you know? Like, the humor in it isn't, like... Right. It's in poor taste, but it's not mean, you know? So um, uh, we will follow I'm back up on that. Very we, much looking forward to it. <laughs> we can even make it. I don't know if, unless you got not, something else burning for next week. We can talk about it next week more in full. No, I want to talk about. We're going to talk about it next week. So you guys need to watch it all too, right, so we can go. all have a really nice discourse. Um, and maybe it will distract you from yelling at me about D and D. Full, full peacemaker disco next week. Um, what else did I get into on the gaming side of things? We'll do this quick. Actually, we won't do that first. Um, we will talk about a couple other shows. Uh, Abbott Elementary, which is a show I talked about last year because their pilot had dropped. Mm-hmm. And I also spoke about the actress uh, who plays the principal and her comedy special on Netflix. Abbott Elementary is now in its season. I've only managed to see like one more episode. And it's just very sweet and very nice and had an uh, amazing Train to Busan <laughs> reference. <laughs> because basically you're, you're very virtuous. Um main character there's like a light out in the hallway and she wants to fix it and she ends up blacking out the entire school and it's like the principal like packing up a a prep bag <laughs> and it's like of course i got a prep bag you don't have a pet you see train to busan fast ass moving zombies uh, <laughs> like, well done well done uh also finished sherman showcase which i did not expect to have an overarching theme for the entire season <laughs> Two things I want to mention about Sherman Showcase for you specifically, speaking of D&D. Did you, when you were perusing videos or the soundtrack, find the song My Fantasy? No. Which is basically, it's only like two, a minute and a half long. But it's like, it starts off of like, what is a Anita Baker style Quiet Storm R&B song. But by the time you get to the end of it, her fantasy is clearly like becoming the Goblin Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. I'll send you that later. Um yeah, your favorite song, the time loop song, uh, plays a very important part because it turns out there was a time loop, time loop, time loop. that created a split universe where Ray J was the host of the showcase. Oh my God, yes. And it turned out the reason this happened is explained why Frederick Douglass was in every commercial that aired during the program. <laughs> That's all I can really say about it. Uh, uh, every episode, yeah, okay. there's, a, there's a knock at the door. He opens it. It's like, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> Um, on the gaming side of things, Persona 5 Strikers was the free game for January. I finally downloaded it, started playing that. This is the direct sequel to the all-time classic JRPG, uh, Persona 5, a game that gets by not totally on style, but definitely on like 75% style and aesthetic. Um, Persona 5 Strikers is no different. This is essentially 
a mashup of the Persona 5 aesthetic and the Dynasty Warriors mechanic, which is not something I have ever experienced before. Dynasty Warriors is basically just like a series of games popular in Japan where it's you versus an entire army of people. And in the peak G4 days, we're always viciously maligned for being the same game every time for 20 years, which literally you just get by mashing square, which I mean, Kingdom Hearts is the same thing. So I'm not going to fault it for that. Um, we just mash one button the entire time. Caitlin, this I game, love this, game. <laughs> this game, while I greatly enjoy being with these characters again and the visual look and all that type of thing, every time a battle starts, I literally have no idea what's going on. I am too old or there's too much happening. There's people just talking. There's explosions. You're trying to get me to exploit elemental weaknesses. I'm just like, no, square. Like, we just square. <laughs> it, is, it is all square button here. If you flash something directly in my face, I might hit another button. But, like, <laughs> you want me to swap out characters quick like it's Genshin Impact? I'm like, no. It's just literally Joker square all the time. No. Um, it no. does try to – so it's, it's like, real-time combat. It's not the turn-based like the other one was. Which I prefer because right. I like I'm a thinky. <laughs> I like the thinky in those moments. Don't have me trying to figure out what element to use in this battle when there's 700 people swarming me and I'm just like nah, swear button. Still, <laughs> still fun though. Some of the best, some of the best music in video games. I also try. I also. Hey, hmm. I think button mashing games are some of the best games out there. They really so are. don't knock it. Um. Also managed to uh, find some rando <laughs> to play GTA with me for a couple missions. Oh, so, nice. So I got to see what those two-player uh, missions were that they were forcing me into. Turns out the uh, setup of the mission is you are your character and this other character. Uh, the weed is too good that you smoke at the recording studio and you swap bodies with Franklin and Lamar from Amazing. classic characters from GTA Five. So you are playing as Franklin and Lamar. Um, I got through the first one of these missions. The second one was so damn hard. Like everybody I tried to play with bailed on me after like three attempts. I was like, you know what? Fuck all you guys. I'm never going to finish this mission. <laughs> um, but Franklin and Lamar as characters and just hearing them bullshit each other and talk on the phone as they drive to a location or whatever. is That's a good time. That's a good hang. Last thing I want to do before we bounce out. Um, Chris and Andy, Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald of the Watch Podcast, formerly Hollywood Prospectus, this week celebrated their 10th anniversary podcasting together. Just want to shout them out and salute them. They are low-key the blueprint for everything I've tried to do uh, in podcasting with Kate from me asking her to do it because I knew I, I I wanted to do a podcast. I knew I had to do it with somebody I was friends with because hearing Chris and Andy and who were friends before they started working together at Grantland back in the day and formed that podcast, like the comfortability they had with each other, the comfort and just the, the banter and that you can only get when you've known somebody since you were, you know, younger ish. Um, if you want to hear one episode of like their spirit, go on like a podcast called the rewatchables and find the train spotting one and just listen to them talk about, you know, growing up in Philly in the nineties and like what seeing that movie at that time in their lives was like, it's a good ass hang. So salute to those guys. We are going to take a break right here. And when we come back, I hope it goes well. I'm ready for heartbreak if it doesn't, but we're going to talk about uh, one of the favorite things I have enjoyed this year thus far. And that is ranking of Kings. And we will talk about that after this break.
and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we've brought each other. But before we get into that, we have some rules. Uh huh. The first rule is the rule of three, is that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them so the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. This week we have parts. We do. Sometimes we don't have parts. Sometimes we have a movie. Um, but no, this week we had parts. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that we will watch the thing and only talk about it while we are in front of these microphones. So at times the other person doesn't know if the person they gave the thing to has actually seen it. I literally have no idea. Those are always fun days. Literally have no idea. Yeah. I'm very anxious, very anxious about this, but I have no idea. No idea. Um, And we do this so that you guys get the freshest of takes. Sometimes the things we watch are a little bit older. They're not as fresh, but we want you guys to at least experience our takes and have them be warm and fresh and hot and like straight out the oven. And you don't want yeah, no nothing's rehearsed. You don't want nothing. nothing <laughs> you already knew that. You, t- you could tell. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, no, nothing is rehearsed. You need fresh, yeah. fluffy takes. You don't want a stale ass, crusty take that's been, you know, like when you leave the cereal box open for a couple days. Oh. And then, you, then your, oh, Captain, your Captain Crunch is a little gamey. Like, it's just, nah. We ain't going to do that to no. you. Bag fresh cat. No, or when you takes. know something's been under those, when you've been, something's been over, under those like heaters for too long. Yes. Yeah. No, that's not good. What's the last rule, Kate? The last rule is not really a rule. It's just a policy is that there will be spoilers. This thing is kind of hard to spoil, but if you're like, no, no, I don't want to hear anything about it, then go watch Peacemaker <laughs> and let us do our podcast. Depending on how far Kate got, it's not very spoilerish. Um, depending how far into the season we discuss, it could get spoilery. So just bear, bear that in mind. Yeah. And with but like, still go like like go get a snack, go away, watch something else, watch this. <laughs> um, just you know, don't give us a hard time about it. <laughs> just cut us some freaking slack. Um, so. I had mentioned when we talked about Odd Taxi a couple weeks ago that there were two shows that were getting floated about as the best of the year that I had seen on people's lists. And we chose Odd Taxi. I then, uh, we had our snow day here in Toronto where I was off anyway, but I mean, it's not like I was going anywhere because we were all snowed in. And I said, well, you know, let me just check this out. And I was floored and told Caitlin we were going to watch it immediately. And I'm not going to say much more about what I think of it in the initial discussion because I don't want to I don't want to color color the disco here. So I'm just going to say that we this week we are talking about ranking of kings or Osama ranking. This is a Japanese fantasy manga series by Sosuke Toka. It has been serialized online. Via user-submitted manga hack website since 2017 and collected in 12 Tankaban volumes by Enterbrain, an anime television series developed by Wit Studio, premiered in October 2021 on The God, Fuji TV's Noidamina Block. You know how we feel about the Noidamina Block. What is this yes. story about? The people of the kingdom look down on young Prince Boji, who can neither hear nor speak. They call him the useless prince while jeering at his supposed foolishness. However, while Boji may not be physically strong, he is certainly not weak of heart. 
When a chance encounter with a shadow creature should have left him traumatized, instead it makes him believe he has found a friend amidst those who choose to notice only his shortcomings. He starts meeting with Kage the shadow regularly to the point where even the otherwise abrasive creature begins to warm up to him. Kage and Boje's unlikely friendship lays the budding foundations of the prince's journey as he intends to conquer his fears and insecurities despite the constant ridicule he faces. Boji resolves to fulfill his desire to becoming the best king he can be. That is a shitty synopsis. It only scratches the surface of what this show <laughs> does. Um, even in the first three episodes, I feel like every 15 minutes there is a like, huh, type of thing going on that makes you want to keep watching. I, there are 15 episodes available. I have seen them all. I don't know how many Caitlin has gotten. It looks like a storybook which can sometimes turn people off that I've handed it to because I've handed it to everybody I think would be even remotely interested. And some people have come back and say, why does it look like this? To me, it reminds me of like another favorite of mine, uh, the old giant robo anime from the nineties, which had deliberately sixties, but modern uh, sort of art style to it. But I can understand some people may not like it. I was very charmed by this show. Caitlin, what did you think of it? I want to start by saying that I've watched three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I think I've brought this up before. I'm sure I have. We've been doing this podcast for a while. Um, art style to me is extremely important. So it's fine. Um, I don't love it, the art style. Um, and the story is fine. I no, I like the story. I'm going to keep watching because um, I'm I am curious about. I'm at the point. So after the, at the end of the third episode, um, Boji he's about to go on an, an adventure, and I am sort of curious about that. Um, I I'm I feel really bad because I obviously don't adore it as much <laughs> as you do. But maybe I will get to that point. So that I can say it's probably very tropey in the early goings. And I don't, I did not come up um, and fully immersed in fantasy fairy tale narratives, probably as much as you did. Right. So I can, you know, let that it's, shit. Yes, it's a king and he's fast instead of strong and blah, 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 like all that type of shit. No, no, no. I, I actually thought that was really interesting. Um, I, it was not the story itself. I thought there were so many interesting parts. They had what I, you think is going to be the evil stepmother. She's not actually evil. Um, you know, she actually heals Boji and, and actually, I think, cares about him and is worried for him. That was, uh, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, you, yes, you have the other prince who's stronger, but also has a, you know, horrible temper and like orders people to get killed, right? I, aesthetic, not aesthetic, that's not quite right. The, uh, we know. I, I like things to look a certain way. I don't like the shadow monster, the way it looks. It makes me angry. Not the first time I've heard this. I don't know why people are so triggered by Kage's design. He looks like a shadow puddle, I, but. Yeah, with two eyes and a weird, like, mouth slash hand. Um, I, I, I hate it. It makes me so angry. And I think it pulls away from what is a very sweet story. But I'm also here to, like hang on um because i think boji's a really interesting character um and i think the place of his disability in a story like that is really interesting you don't get a lot of that um i definitely yeah i don't know if i have seen any 
uh, deafness be shown in another anime we've watched. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe I'm forgetting something. But, um, Silent um, Voice. Silent Voice had that, but. Okay. Um, or like hearing impairment, I should say, any type of stuff. So Silent Voice, but I, yeah, it's definitely not very common. No. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, there's a weird thing where it'll, it'll have a moment that's very, kid-like but then a moment that's really fucking dark Mm -hmm. and like messed up Mm -hmm. and that and that it's almost interesting in that they're making it look so bubbly and kitty but it's got these really dark themes like the whole thing with um the i can't remember the shadow creature's name but his his mom dying and like him like so like getting I had two moments in this show. The first episode, I was like, okay, that's fine. Boji's adorable. Like, you know, okay, whatever. The also, whole... I don't like his mouth. <laughs> you don't like Boji's mouth? No, I fucking hate it. It makes me really angry. His little smile is adorable. You're a monster. You're his- your history's greatest monster. Um, <laughs> the scene, like the whole episode two, it's like every every episode had something that kind of locked me in a little more. Like, episode one, I was like, okay, this is fine. Episode two, the whole fucking tragedy of Kage's backstory. Oh, my God. And so his sad. trauma and his little fucking giraffe toy that he kept carrying oh. around. And just, uh, <laughs> tried to trade for food, and everybody's mean to him, even to the point where the guy who's using him, he, like, ends up having affection for, because it's the only thing, it's the only kindness he's gotten in years type of thing. Uh, to then the whole bit where, like, Boji's whipping died his ass. At the end, you know, when they're do- when they're jousting or when they're sparring, mm-hmm. but the guy he trusts being like, this is not the sword. This is not the swordsmanship of a king. Because people are like, well, it's kind of sneaky, right? Like, he's just kind of like, even though it's, it's getting the job done and Kage recognizes that and he's like, holy shit, he's whooping his ass, but it's not strong. It's not burly man. It's not Vince McMahon mounds of man meat slapping together. Right. So. Right. It's. It's too soft a sword style, so that's not good. You have to match blows with him. And, of course, he gets his ass kicked. It's like Ricochet. <laughs> yes, he's like Ricochet. Um, to the third episode, with that locked me in a little more. And, like, listen, uh, the art style, whatever, when Kage, like, pledges himself to Boji at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And Boji, Boji cries a lot. Um, but when Boji's crying and the touch of, like, his bandage growing damp under it, I was yeah. like, oh, my God. To the third episode where, like you said, uh, the stepmom, who you think up to that point is just typical evil bitch stepmom, you see their history when she joined the family and trying to bond with Boji and Boji wasn't having it because, you know, he's a child who lost his mother. To her trying to learn sign language to communicate with him and the sign language is apparently, you know, legit. They had a, they had an advisor uh, from the Tokyo you know Institute of the Deaf. Some Japanese deaf, deaf institute or hard of hearing institute helped with that. I believe one of the staff members on the show as well is hard of hearing. So, uh-huh. and though I have to remind me to bring this up later, I have a, a thing about that. So continue, and then we'll come back to that. <laughs> but the seeing the the shift that you have as a viewer with her, where it's like you think it's some very simplistic. She's the evil stepmother who wants her kid to be king. No, it's a little more nuanced than that. She legitimately cares for Boji and worries that it's maybe a little over worried that he's, he can't handle it. It's nothing. She's trying to protect him and it's rooted in kind. It's rooted essentially in love. 
though, can we say there are a couple scenes in, in the third episode that made me go, maybe I will watch a little bit more. One was that fucking snake giant three headed <laughs> snake. <laughs> they just throw that and in. Then you, and then, and then at the, like later on when you're finding out about their relationship, like yes. the stepmom and Boji, like you see it as a little snake and I'm like, what is going on here? And then the, uh, when, when Boji gets, uh, gets betrayed by everyone and his brother becomes king mm. and like the devastation it was just that was that was hard and to and he take. can't commute and shouts shouts to the voice i have not looked who the voice actor is who's doing boji but i mean they got to get a lot of cross with not a lot of you know tools right like he yeah. can't speak he can just vocalize so yeah trying to get that um, across is kind of impressive. my one thing is maybe i just don't know the um, way to do this. Maybe this is an option and I'm wrong, but I've heard a couple times, uh, from people who do have a disability that when shows have a deaf character and it is not closed captioned, that's kind of a slap in the face. Mm. So you have, obviously there are subtitles, um, but it is not closed captioned. Um, you're saying that so, when you're saying that when Boji, you're saying for when Bo, for Boji's talking, for Boji's vocalizing, they don't subtitle it, or like just that. Closed yeah, captioning yeah, and it. like, and sometimes like they'll put like certain types of music, or you can hear this in the background, right? Like, I just but that they just kind know. of use Kage as a mouthpiece for him because he can't understand him. Um, more and more, just like the what the go, is going on in the background. Mm. Right, because you know you'll there might be a sound signal that is not you can't it's not visual. Right. Um, so oh. <laughs> I think right. again, maybe maybe I just don't know how to set it up on my TV. Maybe there is an option, but when I was looking through, I couldn't see anything like that. So I this is just again this is just from what I've heard from others who do who are hard of hearing or have a disability. They're like, hey, like. You know, if we really want to make this an inclusive experience, right. <laughs> maybe just making sure that someone who is who does have deafness or is hard of hearing um, get gets what they need to make it an inclusive experience. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that's just my left leading <laughs> like everybody should be included um, thing. But uh, but you know. Um, I I do just like to see that there's representation. Um, you know, we've talked about Japanese stories and they're getting better, but you know, they tend to be um more for able-bodied or talking about able-bodied. So having a character, the the main character, um and seeing that character struggle with communication um is I think really valuable and again, I didn't hate it at all i just i was i felt bad because like i don't think i like this as much as jordan likes this and he's gonna not be my friend anymore um but i definitely would like to continue watching it um yeah and see see more about the story because i will say that you know the the eyebrow arch you have with the queen where you're like oh Mm. okay she was not just what you thought it was literally every character on the show has that moment. Whatever impression you Correct. have of every character you have seen to this point, you will have a different impression of by the time you get through it. 
that is some that is some Game of Thrones level like fucking plotting where like mm-hmm. I really feel like in a lot of in a lot of moments the author like the original manga took some took some beats from there because um, they are they're you do have a blonde prince and a blonde you got, queen. You got a mean ass blonde prince. There are betrayals. There are a dude getting his hand cut off. Like there, <laughs> there's there's clear yeah. there's clearly a Jamie in there. There's clearly a Joffrey. Like um. There's, I guess, something something resembling a red woman in there as well too. Um, Interesting. And yeah, there's also. I mean, they never they never explain why Boji is little. They never explain why the king is like they will seven times the size of everybody. I mean, I'm sure they will, but I just mean there are these mysteries. Why was there a demon sitting say, on his body when he died? Say, that's another and pointed at Boji and laughed. That's like, another moment where I was kind of locked into the show <laughs> when, I, when I was binging it to be like, oh, the king died and a fucking devil came out of his mouth. Yeah. Sat there, laughed, and pointed at Boji and disappeared, which again fuels yeah. like why another reason why it fuels the queen. Um, and again, the names are always very storybook like, right? Her name is healing and she uses healing magic. Um, the king is named Boss, <laughs> King Boss, yeah, with, with an E, King Boss. Um, but like in the king's will, it names Boji as the next king. And then when they have the little shadow cabinet meeting after, one of the reasons she starts with like, you know, do you really think he's able to be the king? Asking all the ministers and they're like, well, you'd go against his will. And she's like, a fucking devil came out of his mouth. Can you trust anything he said? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not totally rooted in like, I think my kid should be king. It's like, this is fucked up. And maybe we shouldn't listen to the dude who had a devil come out of his mouth. Maybe that's not what's best for the kingdom and never mind the entire ranking of kings which they talk about in the opening and you see like one mention of like that's still out there whatever that means yeah the entire show to this point has just been rooted in the conflicts and the sort of espionage of what's happening in that one kingdom we haven't even touched what the ranking of kings is why you want to be at the top of the ranking of kings and it's i hope this isn't a show that goes to like one piece level uh episode count but (laughs) There's, you're there's, like but i am there for it I, I might be like there's a lot there are a lot of rocks to overturn there so i mean yeah i hope you i hope you give it a few more um to check it out i understand the art style can be wonky even on what is like the best pure action scene in the show which is that little badass duel between snake boy and spear guy um yeah where the the, the hit has gone out for any, everybody who voted against uh the joffrey kid character it's literally like dude takes his bag off. They fight for two seconds. He stabs him with a stump and walks away. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all really well done because Wit Studio knows how to do that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like a children's drawing. Ver- Cabinary of the Iron Fortress would have looked much different if they had done yes. that exact same fight, you know? Yes. So, yeah. And it, it is, it's definitely not for everyone. And to me, art style is so important um, that it can be. I'm not going to call it a hard hang, but I'm just like, it, you know, there's definitely a, a, you got to wrap your brain around it a little bit. It's a bit of a barrier to entry for you. And, and be that's like, fair. and be like, this is, this is not for children <laughs> as they torture the shadow monster, right? Yeah. Like it is not for kids. They parade, um, they parade his mother and every member of oh, his race through the streets. God. Like, Flayed man, am I right? 
Um, yeah, so yes, but I am, I want to watch more of it because of that. I, I ranked it seven out of 10, seven kick punches out of 10, um, may go up as I watch more. I just, for those th- first three episodes, it's a, it's a seven. I'm giving it an 8.5, which is having seen everything that's available, which some people may think is low. Um, but I will say this is purely just recency bias based on the last episode where I was starting to feel maybe a bit of slowdown. Like some threads are tying together, but I mean, I've been here for over 14 episodes. Y'all, you got to give me a little something more than trying to piece together scenes in like the second. Cause that's what I thought it was only going to be like 13 episodes and done. And then the opening changed, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They only do that at the halfway point. <laughs> um, but there's a lot more, like, it's a much different, um, you know, mystery-laden, quick shots of people and things sort of opening. And I'm like, you got to give me more than just trying to piece together what's happening in this opening. Um, right. So I would like to see them. I'd like to see them tilt their hand a little more 15 episodes in, so that's why it's... A little low, despite being in a score. Uh, that is on Crunchyroll and Funimation, friends. I believe it's offered on in dub and sub. You can watch it for free. It, it is. is. A- Don't watch it in in dub. I beg of you. <laughs> no, not good. Not good. <laughs> well, all right. You have heard it. You know I don't even fucks with dubs if I don't have to. Caitlin, Caitlin does more than I do, and she is saying pass. And as I was saying, this the show is free on those services because it is a current show. You'll just have to sit through an ad once or twice, and uh, you will be a week behind. You will not be able to watch the most recent episode, but you can watch everything else that is available. I recommend you check it out. I think we're both saying you should check it out at the very least. Uh, let me know. Let us know what you're thinking on the Twitters over at, at GeekDownPod. Other than that, I believe we'll put a pin in it right here so we can yeah, we can get our sacks up ready to talk about Peacemaker next week. Oh my gosh, I am I'm excited. Who's ready? Put on your favorite Hanoi Rocks album and uh get ready to <laughs> get ready to get ready to rock out with your whatever out. And get into some Yeah. Get into some That very specific brand of James Gunn aesthetic. We will get into that next week, friends. Thanks for hanging with us. Kate, good to talk to you. You as well. A reminder, everybody, uh, Groundhog Day is coming up. So this is your yearly reminder to watch Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. Loves Groundhog Day. Hates What About Bob. You have a very very up and down (laughs) relationship with the filmic works of Bill Murray. (laughs) friends thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week it truly means the world to us my name is jordan ferguson my name is caitlin mckinnon the theme song is by rob gasser and we will see you next week for another fantastic episode of the geek down podcast creaky ass headphones i gotta find something for them because you can't hear it and well, you never listen anyway but i could definitely hear it when i go back online and listen after the fact but like you said this has got to be your technology upgrade year <laughs> they still work though that's the thing they Including work headphones. fine they're great but they're just creaky i don't know why so then they don't work great I get they're a, gonna drive you nuts i get a headband <laughs>
I get a headband like I'm Jeff Procaro drumming for Toto in the 80s. <laughs> How's that reference, y'all? How's that uh, reference? Old. That is what that reference is. It is old. You are old. You, We're you old. old fuck. <laughs>